Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the OBR Newswire podcast. It's the 20th of May. I am honored, privileged, humbled to be joined by the man, the myth, the legend, Browns Daily Mock. How are you, sir? Well, if you're honored and uh, privileged to be joined by me, you need to, A, get out more, and B, hang out with a much better class of, pe- class of people. But I don't uh, hang out with anyone right now. I don't go anywhere. That's <laughs> So that's true. I am the classiest guy you know at this point. That's true. <laughs> You're the highlight of uh, my day, good sir. So we are going to talk oh, Browns better days. <laughs> well, let's talk. Listen, we we are running low on content. Everybody is. Um, we are going to talk about kind of firing from the hip here. We're going to talk about three people that we think are going to be prime breakout candidates for the Browns this year. Um, we are going to. Uh, do this without doing any homework. This is just through the off season, through the draft, through free agency, and as we look at, I'll, I'll, I'm probably being dishonest. I've done a lot of offensive research on this offense, but I have not done a ton of defensive research. So we are still firing from the hip. These are guys that I think are set to have breakout air quotes here, breakout seasons, and um, their their game will take it to another level. So we're going to go back and forth, kind of have a conversation between myself and Steven here uh, where we just kind of fire out guys we think and give our rationale for why we think. So my first one is going to be um, fairly obvious. I think we have to see, I predict we see, a rebound, big breakout season from Baker Mayfield. Now, this is the answer I think any generic Browns fan would answer. But there are right. The right reasoning is there. I mean, it, it it's an offense that accentuates his strengths, right? An offense that is built on moving the pocket, moving the sight lines, giving him the ability to clearly see downfield, and oftentimes the reads are much clearer from one to two to three. I think when you when you box him into the pocket consistently, I think he can struggle with a little bit of that stuff. At least he did in year two where he did not have a great feel for where defenses were trying to challenge him. So you give him an offense that allows him to accentuate his positives coming off of play action, using the live arm that he has, clearing up the reads downfield, clearing up his line of sight, allowing him to work off of a fluid running game, and then allowing him also to have better offensive tackles supporting him, a deeper tight end group, and obviously, hopefully, I should say, two wide receivers at the top of their game who are healthy, and ready to thrive in an offense that I think is also built for those two guys as well. So my answer is predictable uh, for Baker Mayfield, but I think if you're looking at breakout candidates, you really cannot not say him. So that is my guy, number one, and um, you know I'll, I'll fire it off to you. Steve, if you have any questions to throw back at me, or if you just want to kind of piggyback into your, your first guy, who I believe is an offensive name as well. No, I mean, I, I agree totally with you. My only caveat on that um, would be even if he does do what we both, and we've said this on the air before, we both think he's in for a big year, would anyone besides you know hardcore Cleveland people like us 
give him the title of breakout or would they just go, oh, well, you know, that's what he was supposed to do anyway. He was number one pick or anything. You see what I'm saying? I don't know if he, a lot of people would count him, but I agree with everything you said, especially, I think, one one of the reasons that you mentioned was the running game. And you think about Nick Chubb, who a lot of other people would say, oh, you know, he's in for a breakout. But is he really? I mean, he's considered one of the best backs in the league. So what's he going to do? Save puppies at halftime? I mean, you know, how's he gonna, how's he going to break out? But I think the fact that the running game and the improved at least on paper, offensive line will allow Nick Chubb to be Nick Chubb plus this year. Uh, that is a huge reason why I think, you know, you you could really look for a bounce back year if you know if if you don't want to say the word breakout for Baker. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I know you think the same thing too. I mean, it's a huge factor uh, for him this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's it's. I guess breakout is how I'd want to phrase it if he were to really put together a full year. I, I certainly sure. I think we're in line for you exactly what you said, which is he has maybe a breakout year, a big year, and they say, well, this offense was built for him to do that. Every quarterback in this right. offense, you know, is able to find success. He's not doing anything special. He'll turn into and, and listen. This is the all too familiar concept where he'll have a nice year. And he'll turn into a system quarterback, right? That's all you'll hear about is he's right. just—he's a product of the system. Look what he did. Look what he couldn't do in the in the year before he arrived in that. So it's—it's—it it's, literally is all too predictable. But yeah, I think he—I think he can have a really big year and sort of launch himself into the um, upper tier of quarterbacks. Maybe you call him. Um, you know, not elite, but maybe you call him a tier below that or a tier two below. I don't, the quarterback tier stuff was nauseating a few years ago, but it does have. There are some pretty good <laughs> ones out there. But he could he could obviously shift himself upward, and if he can consistently play well, then that's all we need. You need a guy that you can you can win football games with, and I think he's he's due to have a bigger year than that. So I'm just, your your yeah, offensive guy. Go ahead, sorry. sorry. You know, how sweet would that be if he got to the point where we would have that argument? Is he a system quarterback or is he really that great? I mean, that would yeah. be sweet, wouldn't it? Yeah, it <laughs> I mean, sure would. And we were having those conversations. It's just, yeah. you know, one year changes everything in the NFL, and, I, I, and I'm trying to preach patience as best I can with him. Um, so hopefully we see it, you know, come to fruition. But, yeah, go ahead. The stage is yours. Yeah, and, uh, you know, sort of leading into my guy, with everything that we now know that's come out in the last few months about the dysfunction, that that word doesn't even cover what apparently was going on in the locker room in the front office last year. How you could count that against any of these guys is just beyond me. And one of those guys, uh, and then you throw injury on top of that, would be my first guy would be David Njoku. I think even with Austin Hooper's uh, presence, uh, the things that you have put out uh, and I know you're planning to do an even deeper dive into uh, what we think Kevin Stefanski's offense is going to be, but it shows how valuable two tight ends are to him. I mean, uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith had like, what, almost 80 catches or maybe over 80 catches last year, something like that. Um, so even with Hooper, I think Joku could put up some really, really good numbers. I mean, he he had a good 2018, and he looked like he was on his way uh, to you know have another pretty good year last year before he got hurt. And then, you know, the world cratered. Uh, well, first the Browns cratered, and then the world cratered behind him. So that would be my first guy. I think he – plus, you throw in the fact that he's in what basically amounts to a contract year. Uh, he's still only 23, I think. He'd be turned 24 in the middle of the year or something mm -hmm. like that. So he wants a huge second contract, whether that's in Cleveland or elsewhere. So you add all of those things together. 
and I and I still believe in the kid. I think he's really, really talented. So I think Najoku could uh, could really pop off uh, the screen and the stat sheet this year. You're absolutely right about his 2018 propelling into 2019 and just a weird mix of injuries and dysfunction all alike. I do think he'll see targets. I think Baker's he's not shy about throwing the football to tight ends. He never has been. He'll give them opportunities down the middle of the field that maybe he should be giving those to wide receivers every now and again, but he will he will throw the football to tight ends. Right. And uh, I expect him to get 60 targets or so. I mean, especially leaking out in this offense, I think it could be really good for him. So, um, yeah, I think he's ready for uh, whatever whatever this offense can feed a second tight end. I think he will see a decent share of targets. I, I, listen, I don't know. I guess the thing will be how well they run the football, too. It's worth paying attention to. Because if you look at Kirk Cousins' stats from 2018 to 2019, um, obviously when John DiFilippo took over or was the offensive coordinator and then Stefanski took over in 2019, it was, it was a massive cut in total attempts. So they and, – and I don't know if this will translate from one – stop to the next and what it'll all look like. I don't know why it wouldn't with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but they ran the football a freaking ton, and they cut down the number of attempts by Cousins by, I think, over 100. It was it was kind of crazy how many attempts they cut down the passing game. So I expect um, we're going to have to really take that into account when we look at target numbers. So it'll be an efficiency thing, right, is how we track this whole thing. Sure, um, sure. It, it should be an efficiency thing for what guys do with the targets that they're given. And I think you're right that David will maximize his opportunities, especially if they use him up the seams vertically, which is where I think he can be pretty good. So uh, that's a good second candidate. Mine is I'm ready to go um, with a rookie, right? This is kind of crazy, but I do think Grant Delpit will break out early. I think he will be Mm, mm. better than everybody anticipates him being, um, especially if they use him in that nickel role. I think that people talk about his tackling issues, and I've, I've talked a little bit about them and wrote about them. His tackling issues were when he came charging downhill. I think a lot of what his issues were um, were kind of where he would break down, the timing of him breaking down and sort of latching on um, when guys are making moves in the open field. When they put him closer to the box and allowed him to play the slot, whether tight ends or wide receivers, he was pretty effective, and I thought he tackled really well close to the line of scrimmage and was a sneaky good nickel-dime blitz guy off the edge as well. Um, really right. hit it well, would oftentimes come free. And and there's a knack, um, you know, a knack and a skill to, to hiding your blitz and coming free and confusing protection. So I think you could see a very early breakout in a way we haven't seen from a Browns defensive back at the safety position in a while. Now, we've seen Denzel Ward kind of jump on the scene as a rookie, but I think Grand Delpit could be a very, if they put him in spots where he doesn't have to think a ton, he could be very good in that nickel slot role, and then I do think that he can handle deep safety stuff too when they use him in two high and rotate him to single high. So I think you're going to see a big impact. I, I hesitate with rookies to say this guy should have a big impact, but talk about a guy who's hungry, Talk about a guy who's ready to prove everybody wrong, pissed off that he was taken in the second round. I just think all of the ingredients are there um, <laughs> to uh, to see a guy really really compete and play pretty well for a rookie. So I think he might break out very early. And I'm with you on that. I think uh, in addition to everything that you just said positive about him, you, I mean, you watch his tape for a minute and a half, and the instincts are, you know, he, just jump off the screen. I mean, he just... 
he just knows he, he's he's very anticipatory and and I think playing alongside Carl Joseph along as long as uh, Joseph can stay healthy he'll be able to learn a lot and they'll be able to like you said put him in positions where he doesn't have to do too much and he can just be a football player as a rookie which seems you know I mean God he's so good he's so athletic and so rangy and uh, I I think I mean I, again I'm not sure if a, how do you quantify breakout for a rookie but i'm with you on every single thing uh that you said i'm actually my second guy is uh, i'm going with uh, one of their free agent signings and i know you've heard me harp on this guy i banged the table for him since january as andrew billings um yeah. i think he was underutilized in cincinnati uh, he's still only 24 years old uh super strong and getting stronger every year i mean he's he's always been super good against the run Mm -hmm. uh, has not really put up a lot of pass stats, but they didn't really ask him to in Cincinnati. So I, I don't think it's fair to say he can't do that. Uh, maybe he can't. I don't know. But I, they never really asked him to. And I think, again, one-year contract. He wants a big contract, so he's going to be playing hard. Plus, he's on the inside. He's going to be playing alongside Miles. He's got Sheldon next to him. Uh, he'll be able to stay fresh with Larry Ogunjobi and Jordan Elliott because – we, for the first time since I was younger than you, appear to have depth on the interior defensive line. So, you know, he won't be exhausted in the fourth quarter like we've seen over uh, literally since the return. They just get so tired in the fourth quarter. I, 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 if he stays healthy and things go the way we think they can go on paper, I honestly I wouldn't be surprised to see Billings over 30 tackles, maybe eight to 10 tackles for loss, and maybe clear five or six sacks or something like that because. Like we've said with, you know, whenever you talk about Clowney or uh, you know, if they were to sign Clowney or um, uh, Vernon or anybody that's not Miles Garrett, you have to say they're going to be up against a single block most mm -hmm. of the time. And he's shown that he, he, he can meet the single block quite effectively. So I think I think Billings could be in for a good year. Well, listen, Billings is trying to make some money, right? Like he's he's exactly. hunting money. And that brings me to my next point, Steve, which is betonline.ag. If you're looking to make money, you like that segue right there? That was a thing of beauty. Smooth. If you're looking to make freaking money, this is the place to go. NASCAR's back. Let's go. UFC events to bet on. You even have NFL and NBA simulations that you can bet on. Or you can participate in the $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge. That's ridiculous. Video games for $10,000. You can get in the Bracket Challenge. It's March Madness style NFL simulation tournament. You can enter it for free. And coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary, what they're called The Final Dance. So, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code BLUEWIRE, and receive your welcome bonus. Check out all the action. Tons of things you can bet on. It's only going to get better because there's going to be more things coming back. Go there, get that welcome bonus. That welcome bonus is great because they release it quickly, and um, you don't have to mess around. Some sites make you mess around and wait a while before you get that welcome bonus. They do a nice job with that at betonline.ag. Make sure you're using that promo code BLUEWIRE. Again, that's BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Back to the pod where I'm going to bring up my last name, which I'm sticking in the defensive secondary. And I'm going to mention Kevin Johnson, not only because I like the symmetry of Kevin Johnson with the Cleveland Browns, okay. but because I think he could be a guy who surprises people. I think they brought him in with the idea, the preconceived notion, that he's going to play a lot of slot snaps. Hasn't played a ton of them. Played only 100 last year. That was by far the most in his career. I like him because he gives flexibility. He gives flexibility to um, the inside-outside variables. The Bills used him in 
a lot of third down man-to-man situations, which I think the Browns will use occasionally, especially dealing with slots and tight ends because they struggle with them. So I think he could be a player who put in the right positions, can surprise some people, former first-round pick. Um, Bill's guys, you know, I trust Eric uh, Turner over there, cover one. Uh, I think that they really liked him. with his, If he can stay on the field, I think he can do a really nice job right. in cover three and in man-to-man trail technique, the, you know, third and, second and long, third and long snap situations where I think he can be an effective player. And if they deal with injuries again, I do think he is good enough to play outside and play well enough that, um, you know, if depth becomes an issue, which we saw it tested last year, I think he could be a player that surprised a lot of people. And I actually think he could be so consistent for them that he ends up sticking it out for the long haul and is a guy they might look to bring back for two or three years after this at a, for a very reasonable price, um, a guy who can play, like I said, inside out and gives them nice depth. Yeah, I'm with you. And the most important thing, uh, like you said, is staying on the field. I mean, you know, he's much like uh, Carl Joseph, you know, it's been an issue. You know, I mean, he hasn't missed, you know, 15 games a year or something like that, but it has been an issue. So if he can stick around, I agree with everything that you said. Um, And he sort of dovetails into my third guy, which is also in the defensive backfield, and that's Greedy Williams. And I think the presence of Kevin Johnson is going to be a big help for Greedy Williams because it's going to allow him to concentrate uh, uh, you know, and not have to worry about it because he's got help, uh, you know, to his inside. Like you said, they're talking about him playing a lot of slot. Also, a lot of people don't re- remember Greedy uh, tweaked a hamstring early, and I don't care what anybody says. He played through it, and it never healed. And, I mean, the rigors of being a rookie in the NFL are bad enough, you know. Then yeah. you throw on top the Browns' dysfunction and everything that we've talked about, you know, ad nauseum. But then you throw on the fact that, at a position where speed is, you know, tantamount, he's at, what, 70%, 75% all year? I mean, there, the kid just really had no chance last year. And I think that a year in the league, learning from, you know, the veterans, learning from the best, a new coaching staff that we hope offers more stability, he's mm-hmm. healthy, all that kind of stuff, I think Greedy Williams – uh, much like uh, you said earlier with Grant Delpit uh, being pissed off and being taken in the second round, Greedy's got to feel that same thing because he was top 10 on most boards for almost the entire year a year ago and then ended up going in the second round. So I think he's a guy that also uh, uh, really has a lot to prove back there. Um, and I think he could be with Joe Wood's uh, uh, scheme uh, very a lot more valuable this year than he than a lot of people think he he was last year. Well, that's three secondary players, so we have high hopes on the secondary. think that those guys are going to have a good year, hopefully with the depth added up front, like you mentioned, uh, including Adrian Claiborne off the edge. The Browns will have a nice, finally, a nice mixture of the ability to take away immediate throws and give those guys up front some time to get after the quarterback and hopefully help mask some of those linebacker issues. So those are three guys. This is very early. This is not official, so don't come back to this May 20th podcast and yell at us (laughs) in, uh, in December. But this is early. These are guys that we like to potentially break out, have good years, and um, hopefully you enjoyed this. Steve, thanks for joining me, buddy. You got it, man. All right, guys. That's a wrap for today's episode. Again, make sure you are checking out the YouTube channel. We'll have something up on Donovan Peoples-Jones tomorrow and be bridging off and doing more podcasting on that YouTube channel eventually. And uh, plenty of fun things to come. Uh, Big thanks again to Steve for joining us. And taking some time out of his night. Thanks to our sponsors, Blue Chew and BetOnline.ag, for uh, believing in Blue Wire, because that's important to us. We like that. 
We like the backing. And uh, make sure you're checking out the OBR for all the great stories we have coming out as we continue to drive content, hopefully through the dark ages of, of the year, with football being so far away yet. At the same time, maybe the only sport that we will officially get this year. I don't know. We'll see how it shakes out. Again, thanks for joining us here at the OBR, guys. Till we talk next time, go Browns. Go Browns.